Peek, I heard Nate urge. What is going on with her? I suspected he asked Dr. Rubin or one of the other doctors. What was the last thing I remember? Yes, taking down the man trying to shoot Harley. Security Chief Jordan coming to take him into custody, then collapsing. Her temperature spiked again. She needs to rest and take it easy, came Dr. Rubin's voice. She needs to stay in bed. There is an irritation in her lungs that is being aspirated by her chasing people who are trying to take out that child. I know that you two are highly trained federal agents, which totally makes sense, but... How did you find out? I questioned, slowly opening my eyes. Who told you? She put her hand on my shoulder. Relax, Colonel. You and the Lieutenant Colonel saved my parents, Senator and Dr. Rubin's lives, remember during a D.C. shooting spree? She took them hostage. They swore me to secrecy. I won't reveal your secret. Thank you, I whispered. My voice raw. My throat sore. How's Harley? I'm fine, I heard her say as someone jumped on the bed. She moved next to me and put her head on my shoulder. I moved my eyes around the room until I met Nate's eyes. Are you okay? He nodded. Jordan was a great choice for security chief. She let me tell our side before she asked questions. She said your statement was the same as mine. I'm surprised you were able to give your statement at all, but you are hardcore. Chip announced, Colonel, your mother is on the line. Colonel protested Reuben, selecting colors on the diag monitor. No stress. Your mother always makes you stressful. I put my hand up. I am waiting on an update on my godmother. She had to have surgery, Reuben relented as I told Chip to put her through. Jessa, Maddie is doing much better. Thanks to those android doctors of yours. They expect a full recovery. She's been wanting to talk to you. The next voice I heard was Aunt Maddie's. Jess, what do you hear on who did this to me? I watched Nate usher the doctor out of the room. Charlie Fackle is taking credit for it. She sighed. Not surprising. I know your mom brought you up to date on Torch, and that he is on his way to you. I regret we didn't bring you in on this before, but you always handle way too much. Has he arrived yet? I don't know. A man who claimed to work for Charlie tried to kill Harley, and I chased him down, then collapsed. Dr. Rubin is tending to me. She knows about us being agents. Her parents told her, but she promised to keep quiet. It's fine. You trust her. Just get whoever is doing the twin effect and trying to overthrow the IIB. Bring in whoever you need. Keep Harley safe. It goes without saying. Do whatever you have to do to succeed in your mission. You and everyone who helps you has immunity from the White House. After this, you and Nate are going on vacation for a week alone, anywhere you want on me. Love you. Then the call ended. I said to Harley, can you go get Mr. Nate please? She jumped off the bed and hurried out the doors. When Nate returned, he carried Harley. General Graham and Bree are working at the kitchen table. Dr. Rubin said, no chasing bad guys for the rest of the night, and you need to sleep. He looked at Harley. I get to be your protector tonight. You think we should tuck her in? Oh no, you don't, I protested, putting my hand up. She tilted her head to study me. When you and Mr. Nate go on vacation alone for a week, who is going to take care of us? Vacation for a week alone, questioned Nate, raising one of his eyebrows. Yeah, that Miss Maddie person told Mrs. Jessa after this case, you two were going on vacation, Harley returned, looking between Nate and me several times. 
Did I say something wrong? Her lip quivered. I shook my head and decided, why don't you and Mitzi set up your tent in the living room? Nate put her on the ground. She came over, kissed me, then scurried out the doors. Nate closed the gap between us and sat on the bed next to me. Where is Maddie sending us? Anywhere we want. I didn't ask her for it, but you know what the president wants, the president gets. I thought maybe we could take an European vacation or go to Zulu Zero, the most remote planet in the galaxy where I can't use my devices. We could go home to our house in DC and spend a week alone. James and Haley can handle the children with Ace backing them if they run into trouble. Can we stay at our house and visit the C-Sharp? I motioned him over to me and agreed, I think that can be arranged, but I was thinking we go up to New York to visit a couple of our other jazz clubs too. Maybe spend the night in one of the rooms. I hired the best mixologist in the business at the New York clubs. They put on a show while mixing drinks. When he came and sat by me, I paused to run my fingers through his hair, kissing him. You can pay them to create a drink and name it after you. All the created drinks are available to the public for one week. The best reviewed drink that week is added to the menu. He put his fingers to my lips. When he removed them, sure I wasn't going to talk, he kissed me again. We kissed for a few minutes before he remarked, that's smart. Enrico, our manager at the NYC location says it is a big hit. Right now we are only trying it in the New York clubs, but we have tripled our profits in those three stores. We move forward on your idea of adding rooms upstairs to the C-Sharp and five others. Our alcohol sales are through the roof. I kissed him. I have such a smart husband. You are definitely a business genius yourself, he said with grave deliberation. I married a superwoman. You amaze me more every day. Wife, mother to eight children, caregiver to three, go-to agent of the White House and top colonel in the Freedom Alliance, and run our businesses, the family, the liberty and write books like a boss. I wrinkled my nose, scratching my neck. Sweetheart, I know I take in a lot of children, but we have seven children. We will have eight after we adopt Harley. I knew from the beginning she belonged with us. We are her forever family. I just did not like you saying you were going to walk out on our marriage. He ran his hand over the back of my head and put his forehead to mine. I was all over the map, I know, I am sorry. I was vehemently against adopting or taking in any more children because it just seemed to be a point of contention between us. I always received these slights among you, the kids and dad about me rescuing children that cut me to the core. Oh Peek, I am so sorry. I didn't realize, he grabbed my face and kissed my head. I convinced myself that you would leave me if I wanted to adopt her. On the other hand, I knew I was supposed to be her mom, I proceeded, feeling tears whelm up in my eyes, and I thought, in my head, if I said I was walking away from you, that you would see how important this was to me, but instead I ended up emotionally blackmailing you, which I never intended to do. He stroked my cheeks with his thumbs. I know that. Although I was trying to find her a forever home, I kept finding something wrong with anyone interested because I knew she was mine. I was so conflicted. Then when I found out she was indigoid, I admitted, glancing down, then returned my eyes to him, I got scared. I can't even handle my own emotions as evidenced by the last few weeks. How was I going to raise this child? How are we going to raise this child? With the exceptions of Reggie, Lizzie, Danny, and Mia, all the kids who have joined this family didn't think you liked them at first. Not a criticism just making the point that we are not the most emotionally intelligent people. 
I actually don't think that is it. I think we do not have enough of these, hard-on-the-sleeve talks between you and me. You and I don't share what we are thinking enough. For example, I have been asking you how you feel about Joey and Colin leaving because I am upset about it. I am upset that Colin has been acting that way. I am angry Joey sided with him, and I am sad that our family is divided over this decision. He searched my eyes and whispered, you did what you had to do, but Joey apparently is upset with you and me for going along with you. I feel loss. My sister has been by my side my entire life and now. I twisted my mouth. I feel lost too. She's been my best female friend since Ben and I got engaged. She feels betrayed by my decision to move him. She doesn't understand what it was like to be us working with him. She doesn't understand how much it took for Graham and me to reach that decision. She is only seeing that I betrayed her. Things are not always going to be like this. She has to have time to grieve. I am angry that she cannot see the situation as it was. I looked at my timepiece and voiced, if we are going to adopt Harley, we should tell the rest of the kids first, get their opinions. He only nodded. I dashed off a message to the kids minus Harley to come into the master bedroom. A few minutes later, all the children rushed into the room and surrounded the bed. Ashley, Remy and Rena held the little ones. Remy, wearing a red polo shirt and jeans, asked, bouncing Danny on his hip, Mama, are we adopting Harley? She is a part of the club and she needs us. The kids nodded and agreed. Rena spoke up and said, holding a squirming Lizzie, this is what you do. Take misfits and unwanted kids and make them into a family. She gestured around. I am confused by the hesitation in you. It is clear she is supposed to be here. She loves to hang on you. I wrinkled my brow. I'm the one who is confused because by all the badgering you and Papa do about me taking in this many kids, about me rescuing children and it being my addiction, I thought you all would be opposed to us adopting Harley. The children looked at each other, then back at me with the saddest faces. Ashley voiced, shaking her head, as she comforted a fussy Mia, we are sorry. We didn't realize we hurt you. We never meant to. We are all grateful you rescued us and made us a family. Just like I know I am meant to be irreverent, I know you were born for this, to take what happened to you and use it to help others. She looked to Nate and added, anyone who doesn't realize you are meant to do this is a fool. Oh no, you don't, sister-in-law, Nate responded, helped us settle into our places on the bed, then slipped his arm around me. Jessa and I are on the same page. We already talked this out. However, I interjected, raking my eyes around the room, there are some things you all need to know. We are not adopting any more children after this. I will agree to be a foster family and medically foster children, but in order for us to adopt any more children, Papa and all of you would have to be the ones to come to me with the idea. Also, Harley is not a normal child. She is indigoid like Colonel Madrid and her family, which means she is an empath, a person who can sense others' emotions. Right now, she doesn't know how to deal with that, so she is projecting her emotions onto me, which is why I have been so emotional. James countered, catching my eye, we just thought you were pregnant. Hopefully with a boy this time. We have way too many girls, he laughed. I shook my head and determined, that is impossible. I'm setting up teleconferencing calls between Harley and Dr. Madrid, Colonel Madrid's sister, who is a psychiatrist who deals in cases like this to help her learn to channel her emotions better. I turned to Rena and Caleb. She is the woman dating your dad. When they gave me their I don't care looks, I proceeded, looking around, 
Harley has been abused by her family and is the sole survivor of the crash that killed her biological parents. Therefore, I am setting her up with therapy sessions with the new school child psychologist. It is going to take a while for her to adjust and to trust us. We just need to love on her and be patient. Reggie, outfitted in her overalls over a mauve blouse, jumped on the bed and wondered, she's never had a doll of her own. I want to give her the one you gave me that you got from grandmom. Is that okay? I nodded and corrected, I thought she was from grandmom. The man who raised me was called out of town and grandmom arrived and took us to have Christmas at Aunt Maddie's. Grandmom gave me that doll and told me it would give me strength, an odd thing for her to say, but it was my only doll. One day, granddad was pulling out his wallet to give money to charity, and a photo slipped out of me with that doll. That's when I realized he gave it to grandmom to give to me. I couldn't know he was my real father, so that's the way he got his gift to me. All the more reason to give her to Harley, Reggie decided, looking at me, then at Rena. I made some dresses for the doll mama, Rena provided, pausing to kiss Lizzie's head, and some dresses for Harley. I noticed she didn't have too many clothes. Haley added, moving from the doors to the foot of the bed, Ashley and I want to take her clothes shopping for school and play clothes. She was looking conspicuously thin in her black turtleneck and jeans. I knew something wasn't right, but I couldn't get her to talk about it. Maybe Milano or the girls knew what was going on. Next Remy came to the edge of the bed. I was playing the guitar you gave me, and Harley seemed to be interested in learning. A friend of mine made a small guitar for her in shop class, and I am going to teach her to play. Then all these other kids heard I was going to do that and wanted lessons on guitar and keyboard. Their parents want to pay for me to teach their kids. I talked to John John who was going to let me use Cougars on Saturday mornings to give lessons before Cougars opens. I turned to Nate and commented, another entrepreneur in this family. I think Rena could sell her clothes and Caleb, his food. Caleb caught my eye and said, I'm making the food and cake for the welcome to the family party. Ashley looked to James, then to Caleb and required, would you consider making your tarts a part of Aunt Ashley's edibles? I think they are the right way to expand our offerings. Ashley made mini cakes and muffins. She and James built a business around it, shipping them all over the galaxy, along with running a shop on the Victor level, which was known by the people on the Liberty as the mall. Her mini cakes and muffins were sold in Cougars as well as all my other jazz clubs. Can I think about it? Caleb questioned, glancing at them, then me. It was my mother's recipe, and I don't know if she would approve. I think she would, I answered, holding his gaze. It is a tribute to her and what she taught you. It is something you did with your mom, right? He nodded. It is no different than Rena making clothes and drawing because those are things she did with your mom as well. Plus, I have been trying to replicate that tart for years. I would love to have access to it on a regular basis, but it is up to you. I looked around the room again and maintained, I am fine with all your ideas. Just don't say anything to her yet. We, motioned between Nate and me, would like to tell her ourselves. Then I heard the banging on the main entrance followed by a man yelling, Lucky Star. Jag, I can't deal with him tonight. Can you get him settled in Joey and Colin's old quarters? I will deal with him tomorrow, I bid, glancing at him. When he stood and headed out the doors, Ashley required, Is that the torch guy? Our godfather? I nodded. Isn't he the reason mom and dad separated? Wasn't he in prison for betraying the government? Isn't he the father of our so-called, long-lost sister? I covered my face with my hands, then removed them to gaze at her.
I don't even, I can't even, mom and aunt Maddie have some kind of weird obsession with this man. He is out of prison because he is innocent, according to mom and aunt Maddie. I don't know. I moved my eyes around the room again and charged, I am wiped out from this day. Can we all talk about this tomorrow? They one by one came over and hugged me before marching out the doors.